0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. The Prime Minister shuffled his cabinet this morning and there were a lot more changes than anyone expected. It was sparked by the resignation of Treasury Board President Scott Bryson and uh, his announcement that he's not going to run again. Jane Philpott is filling that job and that was expected. But There were a couple of other moves, and the big surprise was the demotion of Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould. Now, she was moved to Veterans Affairs, and despite what the Prime Minister is saying, that Veteran Affairs is really important, don't take this as a demotion— it's a demotion. Okay, so joining us now to talk about this and what it means for the strategy of the upcoming federal election, we have Jamie Ellerton, political commentator and principal at Canaptus Limited, and I would like to welcome a new voice here on Fightback. Ali Salam is the Senior Vice President of, of Public Affairs at National Public Relations and the former Chief of Staff to Federal Immigration Minister Ahmed, Hussein. Saying hello to both of you. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. It's for me back. Okay. Uh, let us start with you, Ali. Uh, what is your take on this?
0: Yeah, I think overall the the shuffle has, uh, as you said, was uh, certainly a little bit larger than uh, most people were expecting. Um, certainly, the uh, the press gallery in Ottawa was a bit surprised by its scope. Um, and I think there's probably three things to note here that. Uh, Ultimately, the communicators that the Prime Minister added to Cabinet uh, and and moved around uh, certainly are going to deepen uh, his ability to deliver the message to Canadians. Um, A little bit more on rural communities, which we see as a new addition uh, in Bernadette Jordan's uh, portfolio, in the same vein the way uh, the Prime Minister added seniors uh, to his Cabinet uh, in the new portfolio last time around. And uh, I'm pretty interested to see where... Uh, the two rookies that were added, uh, David Lemetti and, uh, Bernadette Jordan end up, um, over the next couple of years because they have both been, uh, pretty well regarded in, uh, in Ottawa.
1: Okay, uh, before we move on to Jamie, I just uh, want to unpack that a little bit. I mean, we were surprised that Jody Wilson-Raybould was moved. Uh, first of all, she's a woman. She's an Indigenous woman. And she's moved to Veterans Affairs, which which has been a big problem, not just for this government, but for the previous governments. Uh, lots of mismanage there, mismanagement there and um, communication not good and all of that. Uh, but uh, the word is that she's difficult, or she disagrees with colleagues. What What can you tell us about that, Ali?
0: Yeah. So I mean, uh, as as you say, Libby, I think the Veterans Affairs file has been a pretty complicated one for for any government. Uh, it's got a complex relationship with uh, national defense as well, um, and and so I think that generally any ministry that's being um, uh, tasked with that. Uh, Certainly isn't uh, considered a slouch by any measure. They've they've got a big task ahead of them. Uh, I, you know, in my frank opinion, I certainly see um, the direction of uh, going from Minister of Justice and the Attorney General to Minister of Veterans Affairs uh, as a demotion. But uh, at the same time, I think it's not an issue of competence. I think it's it's time for a new challenge and maybe a fresh voice on the uh, justice file with David Lametti.
1: Uh huh. But is, was, has she been a problem?
0: I think that, uh, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's very strong-willed, and I think that she uh, ultimately, you know, wants to put her views forward. I think that there is always a healthy debate amongst uh, cabinet ministers on, uh, on how they see uh, their files and those of their colleagues. And I think that um, ultimately uh, we're seeing, you know, uh, a decision for, uh, for greater communication integrity in the, uh, in the government.
1: Okay, well, put very diplomatically, I'd say let's bring Jamie Ellerton in. Hi, Jamie.
2: (laughs) Hi, Libby. How are you?
1: Fine. What's your take on on this and this particular piece of it, the uh, justice minister being moved?
2: Yes, I think it's no doubt it is indeed a a, a demotion. It's, It's not as high a profile ministry. It's got a smaller budget. And its, it's a long-term impact in terms of the whole of the country is significantly reduced. That's not to diminish the importance of the job for Minister Veterans Affairs, but uh, it, is, it is indeed viewed as a demotion. I think uh, this is probably also a time for her to get a fresh start. Uh, Seamus O'Regan had actually been rather gaff-prone in that portfolio, and so I think it needs—it's a political problem the Prime Minister would like to see solved. And uh, putting uh, the new Minister Raybolt in there is a, is a chance for her to uh, redeem herself. Uh, in some style as authority manager of, of the justice portfolio and uh, puts a fresh face at the same time. It also gives Minister Seamus O'Regan a, uh, a chance at a fresh start. Uh, this is a chance for him to kind of look at how he uh, does more listening uh, than perhaps speaking in the, in the portfolio and ultimately delivers uh, the services that Canadians would expect.
1: Uh, So he is going to Indigenous affairs. And again, this is one of the reasons I'm scratching my head a bit about this is that it seems to me that reconciliation is a huge thing for this government. Uh, Yet here you have Seamus O'Regan. Now he's a good friend of the prime minister, but he's, he's kind of messed up. Um, He messed up personally where he had to take some time off and then and then uh, he's been in veterans affairs and that's not cleared up. And now he's going into uh, indigenous affairs. I mean, you know, Jamie, what's up with that?
2: Yes, yeah, so this is definitely Seamus O'Regan's time to uh, sink or swim or put up and shut or shut up, if you will. Uh, this is a portfolio that is very serious and has been uh, dogged by controversy and kind of unmet expectations. Uh, the government was elected with a pretty broad mandate to do a refresh and uh, recommit more resources and, and more seriousness to the Indigenous Affairs file. Uh, in the last cabinet shuffle, the Prime Minister actually split the department of uh, what is legally called Indian and Northern Affairs uh, into two, and so Minister Bennett still serves as the Minister for Crown and Indigenous Relations, uh, and the other now is Indigenous Services. So that's really the executable side of government programming uh, on reserve and in Indigenous communities across the country. Uh, so it, it, it's no doubt this is going to be a big task for Minister O'Regan, given how gaffe prone he was as Minister of Veterans Affairs. This is probably a welcome fresh start for him. And I think the sooner he can uh, start to deliver on that, the, the better off he'll be. But if uh, he fumbles on this one as well, I think his time as a cabinet minister will really sh- relatively short-lived. So we'll, uh, we'll learn a lot about Minister O'Regan's political career in the next few months.
1: Okay. Ali Salam, uh, do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, ultimately, you know, what we're seeing here is that, uh, that Minister O'Regan has the confidence of the prime minister if he's uh, being moved into the file that the prime minister has described as the single most important relationship of uh, the Canadian government. Uh, with its uh, with its Indigenous peoples. And so um, my understanding is that he also spent uh, much of his academic career focusing on Indigenous issues, um, and is moving from a department that has a, a service delivery focus to another one that uh, was created explicitly around service delivery. Um, and so I think it is absolutely, as Jamie says, an opportunity for him to, uh, to show his quality, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch him um, perform in a file that... Uh, you know, is a, is, is relatively uh, new as a, uh, as a standing uh, portfolio, um, but certainly one that uh, Jane Philpott had uh, performed in very admirably.
1: Okay, uh, Jamie and Allie, please hang on because we have to take a break. I'm also going to open the phone lines on this. Uh, people. Uh, does this cabinet shuffle make you more or less likely to vote for the Liberals? Do you think that it's putting them in better fighting form for the election? The election is certainly on, even though we are uh, about a year out. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 740 And we'll be back with more on the shuffle with Jamie Ellerton and Ali Salam after this.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. We are talking about this morning's cabinet shuffle and what it does to the landscape ahead of the federal election. It was Bigger than anyone expected. I don't know if that means that the prime minister tightened up. Uh, you know the the leaks from his government. Usually we hear all about these things before they happen. But some very, very interesting moves, and we have some very interesting guests talking about these moves. I'm also curious to hear from you uh, whether this has any impact so far on how you think you're going to be voting. The numbers four one six three six zero zero seven forty 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and Ali Salam, the new Justice Minister, David Lemetti uh, a lot of people haven't even heard of him before, but he's very well regarded. He's from Paul Martin's former writing. What does Justin Trudeau hope he will do for the team?
0: Yeah, Libby, I think, uh, so the elevation of David Lametti to uh, to Minister of Justice and Attorney General, I think, is uh, quite an inspired one. Uh, he's been a parliamentary secretary to two senior ministers um, since uh, his election in 2015 at uh, innovation and also at international trade. Um, he's a former law professor at McGill. Uh, I, in fact, I think he's actually been the law professor for a number of uh, members of Parliament. Uh, um, and so he—he he quite frankly is uh, is one of Canada's leading experts on uh, intellectual property and copyright. But I think also his value will be um, just uh, having another uh, well-experienced, um, you know, senior decision maker at the table that. Uh, really, uh, is able to opine on, on really any topic that's put in front of them. I think it's a, it's a great choice. And, uh, I don't think that you'll be hearing too many uh, complaints from from uh, political types on that one.
1: As opposed to some of the people we've been talking about, Jamie Ellerton. Uh, do you think this really puts them in better shape for the election? And and how much is dependent on somebody who is not involved in this at all? And I'm talking about Jugmeet Singh. And and if he continues to perform poorly, I guess that's great for the Liberals. <laughs>
2: I'll take the first part first and I'll come back to Jack uh, in a second. I think actually one of the bigger messages coming out of this cabinet shuffle today is kind of as steady as she goes, stay the course. We did not see ministers. McKenna, who's had a very high profile and received a ton of criticism as it relates to the carbon tax shuffle today. Minister Morneau, who was supposed to be balancing the budget by 2019, still running a $20 billion deficit. We didn't see him shuffle today. And perhaps the uh, biggest all-star, actually, of the uh, Trudeau cabinet, Minister Freeland, is staying at Foreign Affairs. So the government's really trying to send a message that they're confident in their track and that they're looking to be reelected and feel that they deserve that mandate. I think one of the bigger changes is kind of where Canadians will ultimately feel on this. Although unemployment rate is indeed at an all-time low across the country, there's a couple other aggravating factors there. One, the participation rate uh, in the employment sector in employment is actually uh, continually dropping. So there are fewer people even looking to be part of the labor force. That uh, definitely has a drag on uh, parts of the economy. And there are people who are underemployed, although they may be employed full time. It's not to the degree that they were before. And they feel like they're struggling to make ends meet. And when they hear things like the carbon tax being slapped onto everything going forward, that gives them a lot of animosity. And I think it's harder to get ahead. So uh, both Andrew Shear and the conservatives and Justin Trudeau's liberals think that they have a winning issue, even though they're on total opposite sides of the carbon tax. And it'll be something to watch in the, in the weeks and months ahead as that strategy plays out and ultimately where the opinion of Canadians come and coming back to Jagmeet Singh, I think, uh, the NDP, frankly, are uh, irrelevant in the conversation today. If uh, Jagmeet Singh continues on his current path, I think the NDP are going to absolutely be decimated. I think they will struggle to return any members of parliament out of uh, out of Quebec, which was the real bulk of the orange wave back in 2011 and that Tom Alcaire was able to hold most of in the in the last campaign. And I think even if you look at what he did on CTV's question period over the weekend, and just really like blowing major, sorry, simple questions put to him, he just doesn't seem to grasp the issues. Or be well briefed, and the fact that he's now going to be focusing on a by-election and trying to get elected locally in one part of the country means he's probably not going to be focused on preparing a national campaign team. He's not going to be focused on building up his party and recruiting candidates elsewhere in the country if they want to remain competitive. And uh, the the biggest thing Justin Trudeau can hope for uh, to help ensure his majority election chances uh, in this fall's election is a continued weak NDP.
1: Okay, well, I think most people agree on that. Uh, Ali, carbon tax. Okay, so this is going to be a major, major issue. You've got a bunch of provinces lining up against the federal government. You have Catherine McKenna taking some heat. But, uh, you know, do you think um, most liberals are satisfied that she stays in place?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, the Prime Minister is clearly satisfied uh, with her performance because uh, at this opportunity he's chosen to keep her in the role. Uh, there's no question uh, that uh, that carbon tax or pollution pricing or whatever term you want to use to describe it is going to be a battleground uh, in the 2019 campaign. Um, but I think that uh, in Ottawa, the Liberals are feeling pretty confident about their position on it. I know that uh, uh, there was some recent polling out that uh, demonstrated that roughly 60% of Canadians were were uh, conscious of environmental issues and, and certainly uh they were top of mind for them. The question is uh how the rubber is gonna hit the road when uh when the campaigns get going and uh Andrew Shear's message on on what's that do what uh, the effect of that is on households versus the Prime Minister's message on on uh you know the net benefits of uh of his policies.
1: Okay, so that's carbon tax. Then there's uh, Bill Morneau in finance. The economy is slowing down. Uh, he certainly hasn't delivered on balancing the budget. Um, Jamie, uh, what grade would you give him?
2: Bill Morneau, probably a C-. minus. He's, uh, he's not failing in by broad strokes, but he's by no means uh, really standing out and being impressive. He's probably one of the more lackluster finance ministers we've seen in uh, uh, recent times i think he's also hampered frankly by the prime minister's own policies this was a prime minister that got elected on yes he was going to run small deficits uh, starting at 10 billion dollars and bring the path back to balance by 2019. instead we now see annual deficits of 20 billion dollars and debt continuing to go up and the finance minister's own uh, department the finance minister's own department has reported the earliest the budget will be balanced based on current spending trends and projections the absolute earliest is somewhere in the 2040s. So this is a government that doesn't take fiscal credibility and fiscal planning seriously. Uh, today, Canada is in a strong position. We do have a AAA credit rating uh, and it can absorb some of this. But uh, if you look at how the economics tends to work and budget cycles work, you're not supposed to be racking up huge deficits during a period of sustained growth in the economy uh, so that when there is a downturn and you do need to dip into uh, onto the credit card yeah, you can have the ability to do so. And this is something that's on the long term, not good for Canada. And if you look at the team ultimately that is surrounding Justin Trudeau, a lot of that is the old McGuinty-Win Liberal team. And this is a team that also took Ontario's pretty rosy finances and drove them right into the ground with three or four credit downgrades and now the largest subsovereign debt of anywhere uh, in the world. And so uh, that's essentially the path that the, the federal government's on today. And I think it's the right cause for concern. And you're going to hear Andrew Shear and the Conservatives talk a lot about it over the coming weeks and months.
1: Ali salaam, how big a pitfall is this?
2: I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see where uh, where
0: Canadians land on deficit spending um it's you know it's it's allowed for uh, a lot of investments in infrastructure programs um certainly the uh you know spending that's been done uh on things like the child care benefit and and uh, other signature policies that the prime minister has taken i think it's uh you know it's a conscious decision that they've that they've made that uh you know, it's uh, spending is the uh, is the name of the game right now, and so obviously the 2019 election is going to be a, a, you know the ultimate litmus test in terms of uh, where Canadians uh, where Canadians uh, you know land on this issue.
1: And uh, well, the one person we haven't mentioned here, as you said, is Chrystia Freeland in place. Um, my take on her is that she's basically the biggest star in the cabinet. Am I right, Allie?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, uh, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you. Christian Freeland has done an exceptional job, uh, um, standing up for Canada, um, internationally. You saw the, uh, obviously the negotiations with the Trump administration, um, with a successful conclusion there, various other free trade agreements getting done, um, you know, has, uh, has taken a harder line with, uh, with China and Saudi Arabia, uh, most recently and, uh, has looked, uh, you know, looked pretty confident in doing it. So I think that, um, as often polling shows, that she is, uh, she's considered a very strong performer and, uh, has, uh, has done very well.
1: Jamie?
2: Yeah, Minister Freeland is definitely a widely regarded and, and respected and is uh, one of the more principled politicians uh, in Parliament today. And I think she's uh, represented Canada well, although we could have disagreements on approaches on policy matters from time to time. Uh, no one doubts where she's coming from and has just done a superb job, given the circumstances of dealing with the president in the White House and other hot-button files. Uh, I know I was particularly proud to see her uh, smiling and beaming from ear to ear with her half the young Saudi woman at Pearson Airport on Saturday as we welcomed her to uh, to Canada, and I think it's uh, there's a, a lot of good days ahead for Minister Freeland going forward. I think the kind of standouts for me uh, from issues that the government is vulnerable on is immigration and on border security. Minister Goodale, Minister Hassan, and uh, Minister Blair continue to receive a lot of heat of that. We've seen what's happened with these still thousands of people illegally crossing the border and making asylum claims inland rather than be returned if they had come uh, via uh, the Canada-US border returned back to the US under the Safe safe Third Country Agreement. Uh, As a result of that, that is putting a real strain on social resources across Ontario and specifically here in the GTA and the government really doesn't have a plan on how they're going to deal with that. The IRB backlog continues to grow, and so it's taking upwards of two years for asylum claims to even be heard as to whether or not they have a bona fide refugee claim or not. And this is all a strain on the Canadian taxpayer. So if you look at some of the positive things that Canadians broadly support, we are an open country. We do support immigration, both of the economic stream, reuniting families when we have the resources, and as well as welcoming uh, genuine refugees from around the world, but the kind of... uh, Erosion of our border security, as we continue to see with migrants crossing illegally, uh, is something that ultimately jeopardizes support for that broad
1: okay, Canadian Jamie, support. Jamie, I want Ali to uh, respond because that is his uh, very recent bailiwick. Uh, do you see that as a big vulnerability, Ali? And we have, uh, you know, about a minute left.
0: Yeah, uh, so Libby, I think, uh, I think there's no doubt that it's a challenging file. Uh, I think anyone would be, uh, would be lying if they said otherwise. Um, what's what's going to be interesting here is that this is a challenge that is not unique to Canada. It's something that, um, you know, most, uh, most, if not all, G7 countries are, are dealing with. Certainly our European partners are having the same issues, uh, and, and uh, the Americans on their southern border as well to a uh, differing degree. Um, I think ultimately, uh, as, uh, as Jamie was saying, this is really going to be a, a litmus test for, uh, you know, where Canadians see it. It's certainly um an interesting file to watch in regards to how uh, the Prime Minister and Minister Hussein and uh, Goodale and uh, and Blair will be tackling it with any signature policies in the next uh, little while in advance of a lead up to uh, a campaign. so it'll be it'll be quite fascinating to watch. it's certainly it's certainly a lightning rod.
1: Well, well, I I have to say I agree. I think this is going to be a pretty big issue in the next election, and also as a woman, I was also cheering when I saw uh, the foreign minister with this young Saudi woman escaping a uh, uh, forced marriage and all of that in Saudi Arabia. Anyway, that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Thanks to Jamie Ellerton and Ali Salam for their insights.